everybody and welcome back again to the planet film network welcome back to another episode of pfn live i am one of your hosts sean Mutt. and i'm brother host tj cornwell and today we're going to be talking about a bunch of different topics we got yeah yeah abdul mateen being cast as wonder man in the mcu we got some tales of the jedi reviews that we want to hit up episodes one through six i think that's actually the entire series that came out a mm-hmm. few days ago so we want to talk about that and as well as stuff we've been watching I oh, think yeah. as well. I think that's it, right? Is that is my missing something from the Yeah, show? no. no I mean, it. it's been <laughs> since well, since we're missing the back half of our show because there is no longer a House of the Dragon to mm-hmm. watch. Pour one out for the homie. Or yeah, it's going <laughs> sorry. We're going to be doing a little bit more on box office. Also, there is a lot of kind of scattered news this week, a lot of big casting news mainly. And then also a little more talk about kind of the state of things over at DC with Henry Cavill coming back in and James Gunn entering kind of the fold. But yeah. So, first and foremost, what have you been watching or what have you been doing? What have you been up to? How's Nova? Uh, Nova's good. You know, she's been better these past couple days. You know, we, me and Danielle both, we felt Friday night, we fell asleep both in the living room. So she kind of just fell asleep on the couch with us. Usually mm-hmm. we put her in her crate. But she was really good. No accents or anything like that. And then Saturday night, I fell asleep on the couch as well. And after Danielle went to bed and she, again, slept on the couch. No, no problems. And then last night, we weren't sure if there was going to be an issue because mm-hmm. we had slept the two previous two nights with her out of the crate, you know, so we weren't mm-hmm. sure if she's going to, because she's been, you know, she's been getting better. She's been crying a little bit for a good, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and then usually she kind of goes to sleep. Last yeah. night, there was no, no peep, nothing, and it was the first Damn. time that's happened. It was re- it was really nice to see mm-hmm. just some of it, like, you know, some progression, you know, Yeah. because we were a little nervous that we might have, you know, set herself back a week because you know she was alone mm-hmm. um the only issue really with her honestly has just been her she's teething so she's mm-hmm. biting she tries to bite a lot of things uh, yeah. including people so that's good but last night we sat out we sat out with her and handed out candy and she was perfect oh, she was good nice. when the kids came up and then when mm-hmm. they left she would go crazy which was like yeah okay we think it might have been because she's scared of them so she was mm-hmm. like you know i'm gonna be nice but yeah, she's good. I actually found out last night after some research that we have, or I guess we, but it comes out of my bank account. We've been paying for National Grid for the apartment for the past two months. We haven't been living there. So oh, wow. I have to file a dispute and hopefully get my money back. So that sucks. You know, maybe that's on me for not paying attention. Granted, fair. Yeah. But we called and they just never, we called when we initially moved out and they just never took it, it off our account. Wow. So I've been paying that for the past two months. So that kind of sucks. So that's other than that, that's what I've been up to as far as watching movies. Did I say, did I watch 24th? When was that? Was that October 24th? Was I think that was the last Monday. Show. Okay. I went over yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So since then I watched Beetlejuice for the first time. Never seen oh, it before. Really? Yes. Not the movie. I, th- I did not. I didn't know what it was. And that's not the movie I thought it was. 
I thought Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, I thought they were alive the entire time. Turns out they die in the first five minutes. Absolutely. And they're actually ghosts trying to get these other people that started living in this house out of their house. And Beetlejuice is like a, he's like a exterminator type thing, which I thought was, I just thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a very interesting idea. And How'd it was like a lot it? of fun. How'd it come together? I liked it. I loved it. I thought it was great. You have four and a half stars. That was pleasantly four and surprised. a half. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's. I mean, I agree. That's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I almost watched it because I on the Google TV last night for some reason it was always mm-hmm. anytime I would turn it on or go to the homepage it was always either Hocus Pocus two, uh, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about a little bit later, or Beetlejuice. And so like one of the times mm-hmm. it landed on Beetlejuice on the home screen, I was like, I was half tempted to click it because I think it was on something I had too, like. Oh, yeah, I think it's yeah. on HBO Max. It's on HBO, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I almost ended up watching that yesterday, too. But instead, well, did you have anything else you watched? Sorry. Yeah, I also watched I watched Halloween Town. Me and Daniel watched Halloween Town over the weekend. Is that a first-time watch or no? No, I've seen Halloween Town before. I'll tell you what, that movie, it never seems like it gets out of the first act. Like, the first act is like <laughs> 50 minutes, and then the rest <laughs> of the movie is like 20. <laughs> You know I agree I mean? with that like a hundred percent. I think it's, that it's is very a very odd. good way of putting like that. when they go into the movie theater, we're like 50 minutes in Yeah, and it's like only an hour 20 Yeah, <laughs> and we're like, Oh, it's almost over. Okay. Yeah. It wraps up pretty quick. Yeah. But you know, it's still good, good fun. Good, good nostalgia hit for those kids that watch DCOMs. It's for thirties that I was interested in. I watched the two bills. So it's about Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells, two coaches in the NFL. Oh. Hang on. Can't hear me? Me? Yeah, no mic. Yeah. I thought he dropped out for... I thought I lost it for a second, but... He's just Do coming back up. And he should be getting... Now, what happened here? Oh, there we go. You I can't hear me? See. Nothing? Oh. Ah. See, I just clipped out. This is a little behind the scenes for you guys. I just clipped out EJ's thoughts on Beetlejuice, which luckily we got before his mic cut out. Oh. Yeah. No, he's fine. Can what? you hear me? No. He's not coming through on Discord. Now he's gone. Oh, maybe it just caught up with Can you hear me? No? Can you hear me? Hello? Let me make sure this is still on. Hello? There we go. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me? I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know what happened. I was I was I I was talking that I looked and I saw you say you couldn't I heard you say you couldn't hear me, but then I wasn't green anymore, like my little box, so then I got really confused. Okay. Halloween Town, yeah, 30 for 30, two Bills, Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, two coaches of the NFL, as well as Fantastic Lies, which was about the, I think it was 2016, the Duke two, the Duke lacrosse team, they had, a, they, had, they had a party, and they invited these two strippers to perform for them, and then the one stripper came out and said that she was sexually assaulted, and then it's this whole thing about how the the evidence didn't really add up and the DA was kind of trying to force the evidence to make sense to support his oncoming campaign that he was starting to run for and how that oh, all wow. happened also very good but yes that Jesus. that is what I've watched well, I still I didn't get to barbarian I wanted to watch it I still haven't watched it it's on HBO oh have you watched it Oh, okay. We'll, okay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk. Well, not. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Barbarian in one, in my yeah. what am okay. I what have All I been right. watching? But yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right. Yeah. So I guess I'll just start with yesterday. So I had mm. Halloween off. It was kind of a up and down, you know, last minute thing of like maybe if I saw somebody was doing something, you know, I'd go out and do something. Or sorry. Or 
I was maybe just going to get candy mm-hmm. to hand out. I ended up just staying home making tacos. But me and my roommate were trying to figure out what to watch. Or I should say more. I was trying to figure out what to watch. So I put on Barbarian. We got about like four mm-hmm. minutes into it. And I was just like, I think either just mentally tired or just mentally wasn't with it. And I was like, I cannot mm-hmm. watch this right now. Because I really want to, uh, I really want to yeah. like absorb it and actually like know what's going on and watch it. So I didn't finish Barbarian. I didn't end up watching that. And then I watched it, oh, fun. the first one. Didn't mm. make it through the second one though. Fell asleep before that because I had work at eight this morning because we had a field trip, which was you know amazing to have three hundred kids in a IMAX auditorium. But yeah, so I watched it. Last night, let's see what else. Oh, I also started and watched the first episode. I'm not going to review it right now because I'll probably do mm-hmm. its own video. Maybe I'll split it up on different ones. I'm still thinking about it, but I started Cabinet oh, okay, of Curiosities, yeah. the Guillermo mm-hmm. del Toro Netflix. I guess you would call it either a show or an anthology yeah. series or anthology specials because they're all kind of listed under their own thing. And they all have these beautiful posters on the on the Netflix socials. You can find them. Like, each one of the specials has these, like, amazing, like, almost theatrical-looking mm-hmm. posters that they made for each one, which are really, really cool. I watched the... I don't even know if I started in order, but the one I watched last night was the Tim Blake Nelson one, which was pretty crazy. It was pretty awesome. And then... Oh, I saw a clip of that then, on TikTok, actually. Now that I think about it. It was a little too creepy for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah, fair enough. Since then, I haven't really been watching a lot of movies because I have been watching a Mm -hmm. little bit more TV again. But I did watch Wanted the other day. I also rewatched Black Adam for a second time. And then the other day I watched The Nice Guys. Good movie. Which I'd seen before. Yeah, 100%. Still holds up so fantastic. Love that movie every time I see it. I will say with the second rewatch of Black Adam, I think I still really enjoy that movie. I think that that movie is exactly what Mm -hmm. it should be. And the reason I gave it a three and a half, I think, yeah, three and a half and then why I stay at a three and a half and everything is because not only is it exactly what it should be, but when when it has choices to do kind of like the basic thing or the thing that mm-hmm. like you'd expect it to do it does take opportunities mm-hmm. to do different things like i won't even spoil it i mean i know it's black adam and it's been out for like almost you know two weeks but the thing that happens at the end mm-hmm. with the throne i thought that that like kind of twist it was it would have been very easy for them to just the big epic shot just end it there oh, well, or have something uh, happen you know, you know the movie like, would that. Ended like that it would have made uh, absolutely no sense they would have like completely negated everything single thing they did in the movie no exactly yeah and and so that just the sheer fact of that that they didn't and did that kind of twist on it i think makes me you know look forward to the future Mm -hmm. of this character even more because unfortunately i would expect a dc movie Mm -hmm. to end like that because previous DC movies have done that, where they they set up characters in one direction and then they end in some place that's completely different, or there's no setup at all and then some big twist right. happens at the end with them, and not like a twist twist, just a, a thing that makes no sense basically. So I'm glad that this movie avoided that. But uh, yeah, that's you said all I've been watching. Then I correct. 
Didn't get any better. Okay, gotcha. Yes, 100%. Yeah, definitely. The kid is definitely the worst part. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, terrible, but he can't. He, he really <laughs> cannot carry a lot mm-hmm. of the dialogue and stuff that they want him to. But still want to go see, still want to get caught up and see Smile, Barbarian. There's a lot of great horror movies and uh, movies in general out already from October. And now November already is going to be a great mo- a great movie a month as it is. We got Fablemans, we got Bones and All, bunch of stuff coming out this month. The Menu, Armageddon Time, Wakanda Forever, obviously. Did we cover Wakanda Forever re- like early reactions no, we last week or it did it not happen yet? Okay, we could talk about that too. I just realized, but yeah, there's a lot of great stuff coming up. Still, it's it's been a great year. It's been a great year for mm-hmm. everything, really. August and a little bit of July was not too great for new movies coming out, but there was still some great TV on at that time to kind of distract us from it. So yeah, let's go over and look at the box office. So. Looking at the box office, the top five for this past weekend, there's a lot of interesting stuff to look at here. So again, the first, sorry, first two spots on the list remain unchanged, and that is Black Adam at number one, Ticket to Paradise at number two. Black Adam bringing in higher than expected on its drop. It's bringing in $27.4 million dollars. Ticket to Paradise, $9.8 million. A lot of people were on Sunday and Saturday projecting Black Adam to land closer to like the $25 million range. So it picked up almost an additional two, almost $3 million on top of that. So that's definitely good. And also two weeks at number one, it's not a bad thing for, you know, not a bad feather in the cap for a struggling right. Warner Brothers right now, especially after, you know, all that stuff of Warner Brothers can only release two movies this year, which one didn't pan out for various reasons. At least one is starting to. Then we have Pray for the Devil, which is a new, again, horror movie with $7.1 million at number three. Smile staying in the top five for the fifth week in a row, coming in at number four at $5.4 million. And then Halloween ends coming in at number five at just four million dollars so looking at this and then also tj's looking at the full top 10 what kind of stands out to you here is anything surprising Uh, or pretty much what you thought something that is not surprising to me but i think is kind of cool is seeing Mm -hmm. uh and i'm not a i've never seen terrifier one and i've seen terrifier two all over my tiktok page like i've never watched any of those movies but i think that's really cool that I think that, you know, the first one came out a while ago and for it to get a sequel and it's doing, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty well in the theater. I'm assuming I think the budget was pretty small. Yeah, the budget was about so to be grossing, you know, seven million worldwide. That's awesome to see. Yeah. And it actually did get me interested to watch them because it seems like they're not necessarily like they're not necessarily scary. They're more like kind of gross, like they're way like over the top. gory, I guess from what I can gather, but I am kind of interested now watching them and see like, just, I don't know how good they are. I've heard this one's pretty good. I don't know about the first one, but uh, that is cool to see. If you can go back to the Mm -hmm. other page, what else? Black Adam doesn't really surprise me. Ticket to paradise. I feel like people Mm -hmm. really like that movie. I guess I've heard that it's a good movie. Smile. Also, that's the other one that, that is, Really killing it that I, I'm interested to see. I've seen the ending on TikTok, so it's kind of like 
you know, I'm still interested to watch it. I'm assuming it's going to come to oh, Paramount really? Plus at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Halloween Ends does not deserve $60 million total gross. It should be less than that. No, Corey doesn't does deserve not. that? No, he does not. Yeah. Dang. No. Wow. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you for sure. I'm excited to see mm-hmm. on the top 10 at least, Tar sneaking in there at number 10 with $1 million. Not a bad haul for a very, yeah. very small Cape Blanchett movie that I, I know you, I'm pretty did excited to see. you get either Tar huh? or Etchies of, what is it, Inersh? I can't pronounce it. Uh, in there, Sharon. So, yeah, they're doing some <laughs> freaky stuff. Yeah, they're doing some freaky stuff right now with us, which is we're getting, oh, okay. like, everything. So we mm-hmm. have Till, we have Terrifier, we have Tar, we have Triangle of Sadness. This week we are getting the Banshees of Inertion. Uh, yeah, I think... We also got the bad guys back, which is in a, which is in a limited mm. re-release right now, and Armageddon yeah. time comes out this weekend, as well as a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, no, we have a we have a lot of good offerings right now. Triangle of Sadness, I really want to see that one. Is I believe it was originally a mm. French film, or some European market actually produced it. But I forget before what. Yeah, but it does have Woody Harrelson in it as well as uh, a couple different people. But other than that, it's mostly just either European or uh, stars from mm-hmm. kind of the international box office world. So I, it's very interesting to see. It won the Palme d'Or, Palme d'Or Award, award. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's really hard to say, at Cannes earlier this year. So it's apparently supposed to be pretty good, and based on that poster there, it seems to be mm-hmm. some sort of commentary on either rich or urgent people. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that one. But it is also cool seeing, you know, with just 600 screens that it's bringing in like half a million dollars, just seeing some of these smaller movies that I feel like I don't know if I'm just like hallucinating or I feel like some of these movies just weren't coming out or weren't coming out to mainstream mm-hmm. movie theaters like pre You know what I mean? Like, I feel like something like Tar or yeah. terrifier we'd have to go to like a screening room or or like something like that or maybe the drive-in yeah. would get something like that you know what i mean north park. um but now like it's just crazy yeah exactly north park or something like that now like we're gonna be playing tar oh, for wow. like a few weeks yeah. like that's crazy to me i yeah i feel like i feel like that stuff didn't normally happen with movies of that size pre-pandemic but i guess we'll see if that if that trend kind of continues or not but, uh, yeah, not too many surprises with the weekend box office. But one thing I did want to throw in, kind of an addendum to the box office, and I want to see if I have the numbers pulled up here, is Hocus Pocus 2, which don't, unfortunately. But let me see if I can find it. So Hocus Pocus 2, being a streaming movie, got its numbers reported by, yeah, there we go, got its numbers reported by mm-hmm. uh, Nielsen Ratings, which has recently started doing both series and specials and movies on streaming services that report to it. And Hocus Pocus 2 actually, since its release, has been the biggest first week ever for a movie registered in in the Nielsen ratings with over 2.7 billion minutes watched. So if you divide that, let's see here, because that is like an astronomical Mm -hmm. number. If you divide that by the runtime which is 96 minutes that means that 
30 million Disney Plus accounts tuned in to watch that movie in its first week. You know, over 30 million accounts. That's that's pretty crazy. So would that have translated into box office numbers? That's maybe a different discussion. But what do you think? Do you, I did, did watch you wa- it. Oh, yeah, you did watch Hocus Pocus too. I still have not checked it out. I feel like it's one of those things that I'm subconsciously mm-hmm. staying away from just because, like, I really just don't want it to tarnish the original. But I'll probably watch it eventually because I really don't care that much. But what do you think? Do you think that this was a wise move to just keep it Disney Plus only? Or, you know, do you kind of think Disney missed the boat on maybe doing a theatrical mm, release for this? I That's a good question because I don't know. I think if you put it out in theaters, like, I think it would make, like, you know, something decent at least just because I know a lot of people have the mm-hmm. nostalgia or love the, the first movie. Not including me, because yeah. I don't, I, you know, watched it for the first time mm-hmm. a few weeks ago and didn't really love it that much. So I think maybe they could have. Maybe you did like a week before it goes to Disney Plus. You just put it out in theaters, because why not? Not saying, though, that it would make yeah. that much money. But again, you you leave it on Disney Plus as like an exclusive. You're you're driving more people to that to that service. Yeah, That's so... Yeah. You know, I, I want, I, I'd mm-hmm. be interested to see if they can get the numbers for the amount of new accounts that were made in order to watch this movie. Cre- yeah, yeah, potentially created. Because um, to have yeah. that, that many, you know, that many minutes watched, you'd have to imagine that it's mm-hmm. there, there's some new people in there. It's not just, you know, already people who have yeah. accounts. But yeah, I think I think it was fine to leave it on I'm- Disney Plus, personally. Yeah, I'm interested to see, and I actually just got a new trailer today, but I'm interested to see how that Disenchanted mm-hmm. does because I feel like it's not a similar level of nostalgia, but it is that kind of legacy sequel fantasy type. I feel like there's a lot of crossover fans in in those two movies. So I'll be interested to see how Disenchanted does because if they see movies like Hocus Pocus 2 or Disenchanted doing these crazy numbers for Disney Plus, as good as it is mm. for Disney Plus, if you had 30 million people buying a movie ticket, then that's another story. You know, like, it's it's one thing to have a great success for Disney Plus. It's another thing to get some, you know, cold, hard cash yeah. <laughs> from people seeing it in theaters. So it'll be interesting. And also, Hocus Pocus 2, not that it's, you know, not that it's less famous, but, like, Bette Midler... You know, Sarah Jessica Parker are not as big of names as somebody, you know, like Patrick Dempsey or James Marsden or, you know, Amy Adams mm-hmm. uh, in Disenchanted. So I feel like it'll be interesting to to kind of see. And then maybe we'll see and compare how those two movies have done with the reports. And I'll be interested to know if we ever do find out, you know, how many accounts were created for that. Because you got to figure it's got to be pretty high. But let's go ahead and continue on here do you want to talk about the main topic here or do you want to do some tales of the jedi Uh, let's just do main topic first all right perfect so main topic of the show as you guys couldn't tell by the thumbnail and the title is black manta himself yaya abdul mateen the second also known as dr manhattan as well is in talks to star as Wonder Man in Marvel Studios' Wonder Man series for Disney+. Plus. So we previously got word that Daniel Destin Cretton, who of course directed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, would be working on the Wonder Man series. So 
Oh, and also that it would have Ben Kingsley in a co-lead style role as Trevor Slattery. So what are your thoughts on this? What does this change for your level of anticipation for the series, this character? And what do you think about Yaya Abdul-Mateen II kind of, you know, hopping from two DC characters over to the Marvel Universe? Yeah, well, first, I think it's a it's a great casting. Yaya is like an incredible actor. I feel like I haven't seen him mm-hmm. in a ton. I've seen him in Watchmen, obviously. He's really good in that. Was he? No, he wasn't in Invisible yeah. Man. That was Aldous Hodge, right? Yeah, that was He Aldous wasn't Hodge, something yeah. else, but I can't, that I've seen, but I can't think of it. Did you watch, well, I've Aquaman. never seen Aquaman. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen Still, it. Still, wow. Uh, no. Did you watch Ambulance? He was just in Ambulance no, this that year. Didn't really. Oh, Trial of Chicago Seven. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. It. He was in Baywatch. Don't remember him in that, but that was a bad movie. So he wasn't Greatest Showman as well. Don't remember that as him in that either. But Watchmen and oh, he was in wow. Us. I don't remember that either. <laughs> he was in Matrix too. Matrix. Matrix Resurrections. And he was in Candyman, oh, which I haven't seen course, that. But yep. Trial of Chicago 7, very yeah. good in that. Watchmen, very good in that. And Matrix, he was, you know, good Morpheus as well. Yeah. I think it was great casting. I don't know much about Wonder Man. The only thing I know is that he is together with Wanda at some point. And it, that's, it's, it actually got me thinking, like, is this, do we get a conflict maybe between Vision and Wonder Man competing for Wanda at some point? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know some people are thinking that Maybe they're starting the West Coast Avengers. I believe he's a part of that as well. So that would be cool. Yep, you know, absolutely. maybe the series leads into that as well with, which I don't know if we'll, we'll talk about it a little later, but Vision getting his own show uh, on Disney Plus as well. I think it's mm-hmm. called Vision Quest. So, you know, what does that look like? But I thought this was a great choice. And again, I, I can't go off Aquaman, so I don't know how good he was as uh, Black Manta, but I'm I'm excited for this. I'm glad it's... I'm glad it's a series. I, I really, I do like the, I like the introduction of new characters with TV shows because I just think it gives us a much mm-hmm. longer like road before we get to the movie that we can you know get to know them better because the movie kind of have to condense it all into like a yeah. two hour thing. Yeah, I'm, I I agree with that a hundred percent. I think they're really gonna over the next few years which is like crazy how much of an institution Marvel is. But, you know, Mm -hmm. over the next few years, they're going to workshop some different things with their million-dollar franchises. And I I think they're really going to settle into this formula of they're going to say, this is the story we want to tell. What suits it best, a movie, a special, or a Mm six-episode show? I think that's what the conversation is at that studio going forward, and I think that's perfect because I agree with you 100%. I think that a Wonder Man movie if they released it now, would be like an Ant-Man, like the first Ant-Man movie. You know, not Quantumania, because that is now a hugely important, you know, yada yada, we could talk that movie to death. But the first Ant-Man movie is a fun heist, introducing this character Mm -hmm. in a fun way. You know, Paul Rudd, he's this super charismatic, you know, big name actor type of thing. I feel like if you make a Wonder Man movie... You're going to get that out of it. You're going to be like, oh, I love Scott Lang. You know, oh, I love Simon Williams. But you're right. With the series, you really can, you know, whether it's going to be six Mm -hmm. or nine or ten or whatever, you really can get to know the character, not just going, oh, I love Simon Williams. Yeah, you know, Wonder Man's so, you know, great and entertaining. Now you can be like, I really understand him as a person, as a character. And like you said, 
he does have a a very complicated history with a lot of people already established in the MCU. So character building wise, he does have a lot of ground to catch up because I agree with you. I think, and we will talk about the Vision story probably next. But so when I throw it back to you, feel free to segue mm -hmm. however you'd like, sir. I think, you know, you could see Wonder Man pop up in Vision Quest, depending on which one is getting going first. I'm assuming this Wonder Man show is going to be coming much sooner than mm -hmm. the Vision Quest show because that one was just announced yeah. as an idea. This one, we've known they've been working on Wonder Man for like six months at this point. It's just now officially cast. But I think it's going to be great because I think once we see him interacting with Wanda, with Vision, with, you know, maybe talking about Tony Stark or talking about, you know, how the Avengers influenced his life or anything like that, we're going to empathize with him and like him a lot more as a hero and as a human. But yeah, I th and then just the casting itself, like you said, absolutely fantastic. I love, too, that they went with somebody like Yaya because he, to me, he is just that, like, kind of effortlessly, like, charismatic, like, before, and I won't spoil it here, but before his switch in um, mm -hmm. Watchmen, which I just realized I think we <laughs> spoiled earlier, but before his original character in Watchmen, his mm. more human persona, you know, he was just like this this chill, cool dad, you know, and I, and I feel like everything I see him in, he, he can bring that energy to it. So I'm excited to see what he does with this, you know, with somebody who's straddling the life of being a superhero and being an actor and kind of how he kind of how he'll exist within the MCU. Agreed. I think it'll be interesting to see. When do you think we're going to get this show? Probably in the next, I want to say, like, year, year and a half, maybe. Maybe sticking in there somewhere. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't have the whole, like, you know, slate off the top of my head for Disney Plus shows. But obviously, we have Loki Season 2 coming. We have Secret Invasion, which is this year, this month, right? Yep. Secret Invasion? Secret Invasion? No, Secret Invasion is going to be, like, oh, January, okay. February. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we have those two shows, and what else do we have? Agatha. I, that's probably that's way down there. But, Guardians is this um, month. I don't know though. I didn't pull it up. I didn't pull it up in my um mm -hmm. in in the tweets here. But Agatha is actually heating up with casting and Catherine Hahn mm -hmm. uh, at an event for Glass Onion this past week said that they start filming this month. Mm. So I don't know. Ag I think Agatha then. might be yeah maybe pretty quick. Oh, you know what? I bet Agatha's going to be next Halloween. They're going to start filming it <laughs> yep. in November. They'll have a full mm -hmm. year to do it. I bet they'll probably do it for... Yeah. It'll probably launch so maybe, like September 30th maybe or something. Check that. Maybe two years. Maybe a year and a half, two years. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll go with that. But one show... Yeah. I was going to say why. One show that will be becoming afterwards go for it. is Vision Quest, mm -hmm. which originally was broken by Jeff Snyder on the Hot Mike podcast with John Roca. Absolutely. That think last week they were assembling, and I think when it was announced last week, this week they were assembling a writer's room to start writing, you know, the story and everything. And so Vision Quest, and reading this off discussing film, will follow the vision, trying to regain his memory and humanity. Jack Schaefer will oversee the series, and then there's also a possibility for Elizabeth Olsen to appear as Wanda, and that was coming from Deadline. So what do you think of this, Sean? Are you excited for this? Are you excited to get more vision? And what do you, how, 
do you have any idea of how this series will unfold and like you know anything you can think of obviously we're very early stages of the show, well so. i'll say yeah like like we just talked about and if you're just joining us subscribe and also we just talked about the wonder man news which is much further along so like you said this is really just like boom we're building the writer's room like this is it's kind of the reverse because obviously you know the cast mm -hmm. of this already you just got to break the story so i'm excited that jack schaefer is going to be overseeing the series now where it says oversee the series, I'm going to assume that probably means not show running it because they would have just said Jack Schaefer will serve as showrunner or something like that. So I'm going to guess that Jack Schaefer's probably going to maybe find the showrunner, break the story with them because Jack Schaefer, of course, wrote and mm. was the showrunner on all of WandaVision. So very excited that they are on there. The show in general, I mean... If you watch this channel long enough, you know, you know, we love Vision. Paul Bettany is fantastic. I think that WandaVision was, you know, incredible. I don't think anybody loves it more than TJ does. But I am, like, very excited for this. And in terms of how it could shake out, I think a lot of it hinges on two things, which are probably Wonder Man and Armor Wars. Because one of the earliest, earliest rumors about Armor Wars was that Vision would be in it, that Vision would appear in it. So this to me makes sense because you. this is just me putting things together that I'm assuming and everything, but I want to know your thoughts on it. And everybody watching right now, I want to know your thoughts on it too. You can't go, oh, White Vision is introduced, flies off, and then he lands in Vision Quest, and then he's regular Vision by the end. You got to have him, you got to have Vision be white vision mm -hmm. for a minute you know what i mean he's gotta kind of live in that like bucky between winter soldier and civil war he had to kind of be off you know they they had to have the age of ultron line of how's our mm -hmm. missing persons case go oh, we're still you know figuring it out like you know you have to kind of show this in between because if bucky is a crazy villain and then this whole movie hinges on him being a good guy you know, you it kind of right. gets lost in translation. So I think we'll see White Vision in Armor Wars and probably in Wonder Man. And then I think Vision Quest will then be him, you know, kind of... Maybe he'll hear about his form... Ooh, my, the MCU brain just did the, like, mega meme. I was like, yeah, Armor Wars makes sense because, you know, he was built by Tony Stark and that's going to deal with Tony Stark's tech. Also, there happens to be another connection between Vision and Rhodey, which is that Vision paralyzed that man for life. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. So that is a little cherry on top of making sense for him to be in Armor Wars. And maybe Rhodey says, you know, I, I can just picture in my mind, you know, the fan fiction or the, you know, the writing of it already of, you know, Rhodey being like, or Vision being like, well, mm -hmm. why are we still friends if I if I did this to you? And Rhodey being like, because you're a good guy or so, you know, because, you know, because you're the best of us or something. And then Vision's going to be like, oh, maybe I am the best of them. You know, so I think that Wonder Man and Armor Wars could be inciting mm -hmm. incidents to make Vision go on this Vision quest. Because I don't think it's going to be a Hayward's back with sword and they're going on a vision quest to get vision back. I think yeah. this is vision quest in the sense of like him seeking mm -hmm. out his self. 
You know what I mean? Like, I think it's going to be a very active series of him trying to figure out, you know, himself. And I think that you could see Elizabeth Olsen in this, maybe flashbacks, maybe maybe he has some sort of a, you know, not AI, but like virtual reality or like simulation thing with her, kind of like how she did in WandaVision. And then also there's that aspect of it that this would just be kind of the companion piece to WandaVision, which I think, you know, could be really cool. So those are those are kind of some of my thoughts on it. But what do you think about that? Do you think you could you see him popping up in Armor Wars, or do you think the next time we see Paul Bettany will be in this? Yeah, no, Vision I think Quest you show? made some really good connections there with those two other shows that are obviously coming before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that'd be great to kind of you know put him in these different spots just here and there really quickly. You know, he doesn't have to say that long. Maybe an episode, maybe a few minutes per episode, whatever. Yeah, leading up to this and. You know, does the again bring up West Coast Avengers? Does the show lead into that that whole thing? Assuming you know Wonder Man again is going to come before this, does he show up there? Does he show up you know in any other movies leading up to this as well? So I think you know I think personally you had a lot of really good ideas, and I'm hoping you know maybe some of those ideas we see. But yeah, I think this will be more of like a him kind of finding himself. I think I saw Shelley in the chat. She said. I'd rather see Vision Quest deal with just Vision, and then at the end, he goes to look for Wanda in a movie. I would agree with that. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know if I need a Vision movie, like a Vision solo movie, looking for you know mm-hmm. that whole thing. But I would say I would. Ra- I I probably you know as much as I love the relationship, as much as I loved WandaVision and their dynamic, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. I think it would be cool to see, you know, a solo Vision thing, kind of. You know, trying to find himself again, and then maybe at the end going to look for Wanda. I think you could do the same thing with Wanda as well. You know, I I don't know if that that's that remains to be yeah. announced or rumored or anything, but I think you could probably do the same thing as well in her own show. I, I guess WandaVision kind of was like was that you know her dealing with her grief and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why like what I said about this being a perfect mm-hmm. companion piece to WandaVision. I just feel like that show, and I, and I have no problems with this because I love the amount of vision that's in this. I just feel like kind of the, like mm-hmm. House of the Dragon. The two main characters are Allison and Rhaenyra, but really if you had to say, Rhaenyra is who the show yes, correct, leans yeah. towards. You know what I mean? WandaVision is Wanda and Vision show, but it's I feel Wanda. like the show yeah. gen- generally bent more towards Wanda. So I, I think it is cool that he's kind of getting his own project. And then we also got to remember that we have that rumored Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. solo film or so- solo project. So I think that she could be getting her own thing. But I, I personally think if we do get Elizabeth Olsen in this, I think it will be some sort of a flashback. I think we might even see, because we saw that great scene in WandaVision, the whole ship of Theseus thing, where he you know taps the memories back into him and you see like, oh... So I think maybe that'll be a part of the series is going back mm-hmm. to his memories, maybe specifically of Wanda, because that's his kind of deepest connection. But also, like you said earlier with about one, if Vi- maybe Vision refines himself, but then maybe it's something that, you know, he's been so defined by Wanda. Maybe he needs to know his mm-hmm. life without Wanda. And then maybe that opens the door for Wanda and Wonder Man to kind of have a relationship. I just love that we're kind of at this point in the MCU where they are kind of not B 
being beholden to the comics because they mm-hmm. they're never that, but they are honoring things that happened to these characters in the comics like I never mm. thought they would. You know what I mean? Like, now looking back, it's like, oh, okay, just like in the comics, something happens to Vision, he loses his humanity, and he turns white. That's exactly what mm. happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy to think. I remember in Age of Ultron, people being like, they're they're doing Vision? <laughs> they're going to put Vision in these movies? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Now you look at Vision, and you're like, Mm-hmm. yeah he's just a red guy <laughs> it's like you know what i mean like okay he's just literally a guy that wears sweaters but he's red you know like it just seems so mundane now so i'm excited that a character that's been around literally since the beginning the very first movie in iron man is still having all of these iterations so much later in the timeline but yeah do you have anything else you want to touch on uh, for vision quest no, that's uh, it. before go, we move go. on go. all right let's see oh well something that was a little fun was people people were talking about Kiki Palmer mm-hmm. should play Rogue, so she took it to heart for Halloween and dressed up as Rogue and yeah. did a full photo shoot and different videos of herself as the character, which you guys are seeing I can there. See it. I just thought that, that was <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, she was doing way yeah. more of a specific mm-hmm. comic book version. But if that one looks great, imagine how mm-hmm. you know it, it actually will look would look great. All right, so let's oh. That's what I wanted to say. Does I don't think he does. Does Kevin Feige? What do you think the answer is? Does Kevin Feige, yes or no, have a star on the Hollywood Walk no. of Fame? Not yet. Nope. He does not. Boom. He has honored several people. Because what I was saying was, you can guarantee that when Paul Bettany gets his, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige will be there, and when Kevin Feige gets mm-hmm. his, Paul Bettany will be there because Kevin Feige has done more <laughs> for that man's bank account than mm-hmm. any other human in the world. And I don't say that as a diss to either one of them. It's just true, just that story of him thinking his career's over and then getting the vision calls, just, like, so crazy. But I'll let you know. Do you want to go with this first, or do you want to talk a little Kathy Kennedy, Bob Chapek, Mom and um, Let's talk about this, because I think this will probably just be a really quick discussion. Mm-hmm. So, Kelly Kelly Marcel, so, sorry, who wrote, or was it co-wrote or wrote? I think it was a scream. I believe the okay. first one was co-wrote, and then the second one was uh, Venom, uh, written. And then yeah. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. She will be directing Venom 3, and this is off discussing film via deadline. Uh, this is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that's one word for it. I, I don't think you can like, you can't blame her for the first two movies. I think we'd agree that both movies are not yeah. great. There's a lot of other things that go into a movie mm-hmm. that make it not good, but yeah. you know, in my opinion, you know, for both of them, I think the story wasn't that great for either, but I, I'm interested to see what she comes up with for the third one. Uh, assuming she's writing and directing it on IMDb, it says screenplay, story by, written yeah, by. Yeah, I would assume. Um, yeah. So this should be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna have we're gonna have Toxin yeah. as a villain, which I, again I don't understand how you go from Carnage to Toxin. It seems like it'd be Toxin to Carnage. You know what I mean? Like, eh. yeah. But yeah, what, what's your what are your thoughts? <laughs> I just well, my thoughts on everything right now is obviously I feel like Venom. I like the two Venom movies. Yeah. I feel like more than most people, more than most people are not like, you know, yeah. not like, oh my God, these are cinema. Yeah. I So I in terms of Kelly Marcel directing it, I think Andy Serkis is probably on to bigger and better things. 
So that makes sense why he didn't come back, because a lot of people were thinking maybe he would come back, who, of course, he directed Let There Be Carnage, which I thought was directed very, very well. You know, like you said, there's a lot of other things that can bring a movie down. And honestly, with the first two, I don't think direction or writing Mm -hmm. are what did. Agreed. I think it was just kind of the overall direction (laughs) of what they were doing. But I think it's interesting, but I I just not really that excited for a Venom 3. (laughs) Like, coming out of Venom Let There Be Carnage, I really was because it's like, oh my God, is is Venom 3 going to be in the MCU? Whatever. Now, knowing that they're doing this kind of split up Venom storyline where now there is Venom in the MCU, but now Eddie Brock has been pushed Mm -hmm. back to his reality, I'm just not. I was excited for the post credit because I was like, wow, they're really going to take this character in a totally different direction. Totally wild stuff is going to happen. Now that it's just going to be another Venom movie set within that contained Morbius universe, I'm just like, I'm, I'm almost a little bit why, which, which is really upsetting because again, I like Eddie Brock. I like Eddie Brock. I like Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. And as Venom, I think that, you know, he's fantastic. And I and I was really excited for the potential of him meeting Tom Holland Spider-Man, which isn't off the table, but it just seems very, very unlikely mm-hmm. at this point. Because I think, you know, for all all contract disputes aside, I'm, I, I don't really think there's ever going to come a day where Tom Holland is removed mm-hmm. from the MCU. I, I really think that's off the table from ever happening. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's where I fall. I guess I guess if you're going to make a Venom 3, pick somebody who worked on the Agreed. first two movies. That's what I have to say about that. I don't know. Maybe they should have done a Creed and just had Tom Hardy direct it. Or maybe Tom Hardy's just like, yeah, no, I'm good. But, all right, that is our M3 talk. I know you guys have been looking forward to that one. Do you want to talk a little uh, Tales of the Jedi, or do you just want to finish up the news and then end off with Tales uh, of the Let's do one more news. I don't know if you want to pick one, and then we'll do Tales of the Jedi, and then we can, you know, finish there. Okay. Let's kind of end with uh, mm-hmm. with this general area. Let's, yeah. Like, with this. So, let's go on this one. So, I want to be clear, because this is, I believe, not... Okay. Yeah, that's what I want to. That's what I, I saw some con- I some that- different tweets mm-hmm. earlier today, and then I saw everybody basically agree that it was a series and not a movie. Okay, okay. So I'll throw it to you after uh-huh. I after Although I read what film, it actually is, that, and then I'll that, read this quick. That deadline error. Okay, so maybe it is. Yeah, a movie. that's that's why I want to. <laughs> yeah, so I want to I want to read up on that. But either way, the news is that fresh off the presses of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Lupita Nyong'o. Has and also Star Wars uh, has found her new franchise, which is she is going to be the lead in A Quiet Place colon Day One. So I'm gonna look up right here to clarify because there's a lot of Quiet Place projects in the works right now at Paramount. There's Quiet Place Three with Emily Blunt. There is the Quiet Place one that I believe was set is going to be set in France or somewhere in Europe, I believe. And then there's this day one project. So there's a lot of quiet place mm-hmm. going on at Paramount right now. So I want to clarify which one. But Lupita Nyong'o being cast in A Quiet Place at day one, you'd assume this is going to be kind of a Fear the Walking Dead type thing where we're going to go back to the very start of this thing and, you know, kind of go with her on this journey. But what are your thoughts on 
her move to this franchise and kind of your thoughts on you know this franchise landing somebody like uh, yeah, I think Yonga. it's a uh, great move. Really interested to see what they come up with. I think obviously Lupita Nyong'o is a, gr- a amazing actor, and I'm excited to see what the mm-hmm. story is. Obviously, it's you know when the aliens um, you know first come to Earth and how that kind of transpires. But yeah, this should be you know really interesting. And you know, Quiet Place one and two were. I think we all agree, great movies. I can't remember which one. I I think I like the. First. I want to say I like the first one more, but I know it was kind of like up in the air with a lot of people. Like some people like the second one a little bit more, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, same. I got to rewatch both. So like of those. I said, those very interesting so to see. I, I'm I am interested to see though how the show or movie or how the franchise goes without John Krasinski because mm-hmm. I don't think he's really going to be involved in any way. He, oh, okay. I, I do have but, info on that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of story they come up with. But, yeah, I think this is a great – this is this is an A-plus for me. Easy. Yeah, I think this is definitely an A-plus for mm-hmm. me, too, the casting front of it. But to break down some more info, so currently right now, three Quiet Place projects are in Jesus Christ. Okay, various states that. of production. <laughs> so – the quiet place, the quiet place mm. European thing, that oh, kind yeah. of adventure, that is what's rumored to be the Paramount Plus show. So it, they're thinking that that would be basically like kind of again keeping the Walking Dead analogy going, kind of like a Tales mm. of the Walking Dead, which just started, which is basically just an anthology thing set in the Walking Dead universe. So that could be cool, maybe a different week you know, you're with a different family or a different set of people kind of dealing with this thing. I think that could be an interesting idea. But then, so for set set to release in March of 2025 is A Quiet Place 3, starring Emily Blunt, starring Killian Murphy, and then the kids coming back as well. And then this one would be the spinoff, A Quiet Place Day 1, which would be set to release March 8th, 2024. And then as far as Krasinski, Krasinski did actually write the idea oh. of this movie. So this is directly from him. It's an idea that he wrote. There's no word yet whether he actually is going to be brought on as a writer for the project. But him, Michael Bay, Platinum Dunes will be producing it just like they produced mm-hmm. the first two movies. So yes, this is definitely a movie. And yes, Krasinski will be involved, at least from a storytelling perspective. And then the article from Deadline also goes on to say basically that they're, of course, hoping to kind of pivot all of this energy into Krasinski kind of helming a conjuring level, a quiet place universe Mm -hmm. within Paramount. And I think that's a very good example. I think that a quiet place could be like this conjuring type universe where you kind of have this main hub of, you know, these, this main family, but then you do go off and see, like, your Annabelle creation, the nun, you know, Curse of La Llorona, to varying degrees of success, granted, but I think that's a really good analogy for it, and I think that we've talked about a lot on this show how much, since really the pandemic, how much Paramount has been able to kind of scramble their troops in order and has really been on the come up from a studio who was really you know knocking on death's door pre-pandemic yeah you know between a just a few of their properties they've really turned things around uh named sonic and top gun but isn't it just weird crazy to think like what the mcu and dc you know even 
I'll give them credit, have created as mm-hmm. far as universes go. Like you said, we have the Conjuring universe. We will, assuming, get be getting a Quiet Place universe. I'm sure there's probably other ones I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, just asking, you know, thinking, you know, 20 years ago, people would be like, what are you talking about? The, the, the Wizarding, Wizarding World? Uh, well, okay. Obviously, The Wizarding World. But mm-hmm. um, I meant to... I mean to the scale. Well, but I the mean name, like, the Wizarding I mean, World. But yes, correct. Like with Fantastic Beasts, yeah. and obviously we have that. Yeah. But to the scale, yeah. you know, like MCU is how many movies? Yeah. Not just a franchise, but right. interconnected yeah, yeah, franchises yes. that, you know, that you could have Shazam, you could have mm-hmm. five Shazam movies, but then Shazam also takes place in the same universe as the Aquaman trilogy. You know, that stuff is like truly, truly kind of pioneered with Marvel a little bit, you could say, with Star Trek mm. maybe on TV in the in the 90s with, like, Deep Space Nine and Next Generation and stuff. But, yeah, like you said, to this scale and this level, I mean, yeah, it's just Star stuff Wars. that you would never I'm even sorry. think possible. <laughs> True, but even that, even that, the, mm. the expansiveness of Star Wars was way post Yeah. I mean, uh, like, you had the MCU? books, like, you had those Legends you know, books, but like, they weren't canon. They weren't, that like, is true. most yes, of them weren't that canon, is true. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like you said, mm-hmm. on this scale, we, we, you're talking theatrical mm-hmm. and streaming. You know what I mean? Even Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. We're going to talk about Star Wars. Specifically, we're going to talk about Star Wars animation. But even Star Wars, you know, it's it's kind of a split between all these different things. And honestly, I would, lo- I would actually love a Quiet Place mm-hmm. like video game one day. Or like mm-hmm. novels set within it you know what i mean like i think that you could definitely do that i think there is a lot of room for storytelling mm-hmm. you know kind of in this universe i think it's really ripe for it but yeah i think everything about that absolutely incredible idea incredible uh, prospect let's see here all right the last news that we will talk about here before we get into a little bit of tales of the jedi is we have some new cast announced for severance season two so of course severance Huge hit show from earlier this year is going to be adding Gwendolyn Christie, Robbie Benson, John Noble, as Merritt Weaver, as well as a whole bunch of different people are all going to be added on. I believe John Noble and Gwendolyn Christie are added on as series regulars, so they will be in the show, at least in season two going forward, which is pretty exciting. We also have David Leach's next film, who of course worked on the Deadpool movies, the John Wick movies. And then, most recently, Bullet Train, his next movie, The Fall Guy, which, oh, actually is set to go one week before A Quiet Place Day 1 in March of 2024, is building out its cast, who is going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson, Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt, and now Stephanie Hsu from Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to be joining that movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very excited for that movie. What are your kind of thoughts on that? Did you... Did you watch Severance? Severance? No. I like. I, I'm. Can't I'm, I'm interested, but it's not nothing like pressing for me. But mm-hmm. no, yeah, I've not watched it. But those are your castings. <laughs> and then, yeah, and what are your thoughts on fall uh, guy, the Fall I, Guy? No word yet whether this yeah. will be a Fall Guys movie. <laughs> fall Guy, I'm no interested. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a big David Leach person. I I was interested in Bull Train. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this is better than what people said. Gr- the Gray Man was for Ryan Gosling. Oh, so Shelly says The Fall Guy was oh. a TV show. The Adventures of a there Film Stuntman. With Lee Majors. What was that? Moonlight yep, is and that sounds movie. like the pitch. Oh, so, okay. yeah, it sounds like it will be a remake or reboot of this. Yeah. 
wow, that actually is interesting. The Adventures of a Film Stuntman Who Moonlights as a Bounty Hunter When Movie Work is mm-hmm. Slow. Wow. That's a pretty interesting premise for the 80s. That, but that sounds that sounds really fun. Like, it could be really fun. And I, I think you'll end up liking Bullet mm. Train. I think you will. I think if you're just ready to accept just it's just mm-hmm. a fun, you know, ride, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. And then last bit of casting here is Kristen Malati, of course, from How I Met Your Mother, Palm Springs, a bunch of other stuff, has been cast in a lead role of the Penguin series for HBO Max as Sophia Falcone. Obviously, now that would be the daughter of Carmine Falcone, played by John Turturro. What are your thoughts on this? Penguin seems to be eaten up under this whole new Warner Brothers deal. (laughs) I thought they started production already. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I... You know, I'm I'm pretty new to Kristen Milioti. I I never watched How I Met Your Mother. The really only thing I had ever seen her in was Pop Springs. She was awesome in that. So this is great casting. Great casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's really somebody who, also the Black Mirror episode, mm. USS Callister. Oh, she was. Um, she was that? in. She yeah, in both that and Palm Springs, I think she does have a lot of room to kind of get uh-huh. pretty dramatic. So I think that she has shown a really good range that I think is going to work perfectly with this, that she could kind of exist as that heightened Gotham, you know, Mm -hmm. type personality, but also she can, you know, bring the dramatic scenes and play off of somebody like Colin Farrell pretty well, I think. So I'm pretty excited for that. But yeah, I think think that's something that it's going to be Falcone's daughter, especially given, you know, there was that whole potential storyline with Catwoman mm. being his daughter and stuff. So I wonder if that stuff will play into it or if, you know, or even when this show is going to be set. If it's going to be, you know, maybe it's set way before the Batman or maybe it's set after. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. The I don't know. I'm going to guess it'll probably be. Maybe it'll be. I'll probably be before, I think. The show maybe like his mm-hmm. kind of. Maybe yeah, chronicling exactly like his thinking, rise. Yeah. yeah. Now, real quick. Do you think the Batman qualifies as a halloween movie the batman it does take place on no, halloween uh, and it is based yeah, on batman I, I, yeah but, halloween. but is it is it really that big of a like uh you know is it maybe no, not i don't think it's enough? really like that I, I feel like they don't lean into it that much do they am i misremembering that's true no yeah that's true yeah i feel like they don't lean into it i would still qualify it because i feel like just being set on it is enough to qualify it but also i don't know mm. that's just an interesting question somebody oh, okay. asked me earlier today interesting though what do you guys think what do you think do you think batman mm. qualifies to be a halloween movie i guess you know time will tell on that but speaking of time will tell time will tell the tale the tales of the jedi so if you guys are watching this we're going to clip this out in its own separate video so we are about to discuss episodes one through six of tales of the jedi so i have actually put up my quick reviews i did a review on the three ahsoka episodes and a review on the three dooku episodes and also shout out to anybody that's watching shout out to anybody that's subscribed we are on the path to 500 subscribers and the fact that our reviews are consistently, you know, after time doing, you know, 20, 30, 50, you know, stuff like that on the reviews is really awesome of you guys because we used to post reviews and they would just be zero or one or two views and just dead. 
so I've been really trying to get our output of reviews up on the channel so that we aren't just kind of on the crutch of trailer reactions. But our trailer reactions have also been doing good as well. So thank you guys so much for that. I just wanted to quickly put that out there. But you can go and check out just my initial thoughts. I recorded them literally after I watched the episodes on the Dooku and Ahsoka stuff. But before we get back into what I thought on them, where did this series land for you, TJ? Did you enjoy it as much as you thought you did? Did you enjoy it more? Were you kind of anticipating it? Is it what you thought it was going to be? I want to know your thoughts. And also, guys in the live chat right now, let us know your uh, thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was a very good series. I thought it'd start off pretty slow and poor with the first episode. Um, mm. It was just kind of boring. Wasn't all that interested in that Ahsoka story. Yeah, But I will say, I thought it picked up with the second, third, and fourth episode. The fourth one being probably my favorite, I'd say. Probably the fourth episode and the sixth mm -hmm. episode being my favorite episodes. That was great to see a Dooku story that I don't know if it had been told in any books or anything. I could be wrong. But that was really interesting to see. And how we kind of time jumped through, I'd say, probably all three movies, correct? all three prequels maybe just one and three was that just no one? for that for duke or yeah, just, do you for mean dooku. just for dooku just for dooku or for all of them sorry for dooku it was actually the third so i guess it's probably all one this with the order episode four yeah no episode four takes place during the phantom menace but then episode two his first episode takes place about 30 years oh, okay. before the phantom menace and then episode three right. takes place I, I was about ten years up with before the, the Ahsoka episodes because we see that's episode three. Yeah, that's why I was like, that's right. why yeah, I was yeah. like, what is he talking about? That, but then I remembered the Ahsoka episodes yes. go all through episode three and then into uh, you know bad. So Batch I thought that was all great, and I thought I I was really happy to see that Ahsoka story in episode six. I thought that was really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. And the amount of e are we doing spoilers like or no? Okay. Yeah, I, say, I think with, we can with, we can do with what uh, ease that, uh, that, yeah. that Inquisitor was yeah. was chopped down. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and then he like deflated. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. But yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, I wasn't expecting like a, I, like for Star Wars Visions. I watched the first episode, and then you know the next one didn't really get me, and I just mm -hmm. kind of trailed off after that. But yeah. I will say I thought this was a a very good showing from Star Wars animation and. Excited to see what else they, what else, what other stories they can tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. So, you know, like I talked about in my two other reviews, kind of, I think I kept those mm -hmm. non spoiler Yeah, those are definitely non-spoilers. So I'd be happy to get into my spoiler thoughts here. I definitely would say on the whole, I think that not even closely, I did like episode six, but I think not even closely, one, two, and three spots for mm -hmm. me are the three Dooku ones. I think that episode four, the Sith Lord, is easily the best. Uh, yeah. the best episode. Yeah, easily the best episode out of them. I just rewatched the Sith Lord again right before we went live today, and I think it's just fantastic. I literally think it's some of the best 15 minutes of Star Wars we've ever gotten, like, period. I know I sent you on Snapchat just this, and we're in full spoilers now. So, well, I should say this. If anybody's watching... It is full spoilers for Tales of the Jedi, but if you've watched mm -hmm. Star Wars, like, I was about to say something about Qui-Gon's death, 
And I was like, yeah, oh, it's not, that's yeah. not a spoiler, really. But when Dooku, when the episode six starts, and it's just the pan down to the Force Tree at the mm. Jedi Temple that we've seen in you know many times before in the Clone Wars and everything, we even see that vision that Yoda has of you know kind of what could have been where Dooku is still a Jedi and stuff, and they're all gathered around that tree. But just the music in this, with Kevin Kiner's score again off of Clone Wars, Bad Batch, Rebels, all of his animation work, the score in this is just, like, mm. eerie. It was, it was like, eerie, sad, and, like, worrying, especially in that opening scene when Dooku is just standing there, like, by himself, and, you know, Yaddle comes up to him and he says, you know, I used to bring Qui-Gon here when he was a boy. Like, and you could just, for the first time, and I have always loved Dooku as a character, I know we both have, one of my favorites, not technically a novel, but one of my favorite Star Wars canon things is Dooku Jedi Lost. I think that's easily one of the top five stories, written stories, I should say, that they've come out with in the new canon. And and these episodes, like you or somebody who's only seen Dooku from the movies, not even let alone seen, them, seen him in Clone Wars, I think that these episodes gave me new stuff to appreciate about Dooku, and, and I've read Dooku Jedi Lost or listened to mm. it twice. Like, I love anything I can get my hands on with Dooku. Back when I was a kid, like 10 years old, in the library, literally the public library, one of my favorite books of all time was this book called Legacy of the Jedi. And on the front, it had Yoda with mm. a young Dooku under him. It had Dooku with a young Qui-Gon under him. You know, Qui-Gon with young Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan with young Anakin under him. And that was one of my favorite books because it talked about that lineage of mm -hmm. that Force lineage going from Dooku down to Ahsoka. And even though I didn't like the Ahsoka episodes as much as I liked the Dooku ones, absolutely phenomenal choice to, you know, like the famous George quote, it's like poetry, it rhymes. You know, I thought that the rhyming of starting with Dooku, who's kind of the great-great-grandfather of Ahsoka in mm. the Force lineage, and then Ahsoka showing two Jedi that kind of lost their way, left the Jedi Order, one found their way again, came back to the light, and you see in Episode 6 that she tries to turn away from the light. Bail Organa, you know, reminds her of, you know, just because... This fight has ended just because the Clone Wars are over mm -hmm. and we have lost does not mean that the fighting stops. And I loved seeing that because, again, Bail Organa is another one of my really favorite. I, I got all my favorite characters in this. Kanan showed up. Mm -hmm. Bail Organa showed up. You know, it was it was fantastic. But it's like there was just so much stuff, even like I said, in the in the episodes that I didn't care for as much, which were the Ahsoka ones. There was still so much there. And kind of the two sides of the same coin, almost, with Dooku and Ahsoka, I thought was really touching and, and just written so well. Like, and, and again, to quote Christian Harloff, who harps on this all the time, why Kevin Kiner is not scoring live-action Star Wars shows ba absolutely baffles me. Like, it, and that's not to say... I don't know which one he would score because I think that Ludwig mm. has been doing great work. I think that Natalie Holt did great work on Kenobi. And I think that, I guess maybe Kenobi. I guess Kevin Kiner probably would have been good in that. But yeah, 
I I really really enjoyed all six of them, but the Dooku ones a little bit more so. But what do you think? Let's focus on the Ahsoka ones a little bit here. What were some of your favorite moments from the Ahsoka episodes? And can you name me one positive thing you liked about the first episode? Life and death. From the Ahsoka episodes. Well, I, I did enjoy the... I did like the whole story of her kind of seeing her hiding out. And she's kind of going by this alias now. I forget mm-hmm. what her, her alias name is. Ashley or whatever. Ashla. But it was really cool to see her like really powerful. And you don't really get it. Like You don't get yeah. that... It's not like it's not hitting you in the face, I guess. It's just like she just grabs his lightsaber and then just basically chops him down. <laughs> it's like, OK. And it's like, yeah, it just shows kind of her strength. And I really liked how the fifth episode led into the end of season seven of Clone or Clone Wars that kind of going into yeah, the, I into like that, that a big lot. room with all those troopers. I thought that was really cool, and mm-hmm. she kind of does the little callback to earlier in the episode. She's like, let's see if this training pays off, you know. I thought that was really cool. From the first episode, honestly, I, I just can't give you anything just because it was so forgettable for me. Like, I remember the big tiger thing. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. I guess it would. It was cool that, you know, it kind of takes her away, but it doesn't, you know. It's kind of, there's almost this, like, barrier around her, I guess, that it, it understands mm-hmm. that it shouldn't kill her i guess or attack her but that's about it that's all i got for you on the first episode no yeah that's fair but i i and i definitely do agree with you with just seeing her power like as badass and and obviously there are some things that i don't think were handled perfectly in six like i know you don't know this but the book ahsoka by i heard that's uh this with canon this really is yeah this really is to me and i think a lot of people the biggest retcon slash canon Mm. not canon break because nothing really breaks canon because it's all you know mythology type of thing you could just say well this is the Mm. quick version the book is what actually happens you know type of thing because it's an adaptation but like the brother character in this episode in the book was actually a a lgbtq character who was a girl yeah in the book so people are kind of up in arms about that kind of erasure of just a character right, you know, from yeah, that community yeah. being represented. But also, I, I'm of two minds on it because I do think that it is just, okay, we are going to take what happened in the Ahsoka novel and we have 11 minutes to tell it. So I do understand in the sense of like, how do you like how do you properly represent all that stuff and i do think that it's a challenge that probably could have been addressed mm-hmm. a little more tactfully i'm not saying that it that you know they did it as best as they could i think that there definitely were things that could have been handled better but also like i said this is really an adaptation of that novel that is just if somebody wants to know you know what happened with this bit of ahsoka's life you know it really quickly Here's here's the tales of the Jedi version of what mm-hmm. happened with her and the Inquisitor, and then and then there's even more in the book that obviously the book can't not be canon, because this even if it did retcon fully things, it only retcons a portion right. of the book. So you know that's really the way that I look at it. But I think that if you do have complaints about that, it's totally valid. But like you said, with her power, I've seen people you know complaining about. How did she just, like, trounce that Inquisitor like that? 
Batgirl was jumping hundreds mm-hmm. of feet on Mandalore, holding off Maul with a force pull, or with a force pull on his ship, and holding off an entire clone battalion with just the force as the Super Star Destroyer was crashing mm. to the planet's surface. Like, and, oh, also not to mention, granted it's like 20 years later, but also holds her own again against Vader, four Inquisitors, and Maul right. all on the same night. You know, d- does she survive? Questionable time mechanics. But, you know, either way, Ahsoka is very powerful, and this episode was a, hey, if you were doubting her power don't, at yeah. all, don't. Because, you know, and then I think that that also then leads into practice makes perfect. Some of the best positives of that is it really goes to show you, you know, that that old Ray complaint of like, oh, she doesn't have any training. It's like, you know, not that anybody complained about that with Ahsoka, really, but it just goes to show you her master was Anakin. He is going to push her to her absolute limits of power and ability and all this stuff. And I think that it just showed that great. Like, it, I, I wanted more from the Ahsoka episodes, but I think what we did get, and I will be with you on this, I think with the exception of the first episode, because I think the first episode really was just, I don't know if it's out of place or weak or whatever you want to call it. I just think the first episode just Agreed, doesn't yeah. play as well as as the other five. It also doesn't have any really familiar characters that we can connect to, which which also, you know, could be part of it. But yeah, I think even even the stuff I didn't like about the Ahsoka episodes, I think still there was some great kind of Star Wars stuff to be mined from them. And for somebody who isn't as familiar with Ahsoka, I think you show them those three episodes and they're going to have a much better understanding of who she is as a character and what she's all about. I want to talk a little bit just because I feel like we haven't really shined on them as much as the other four Let's start with Justice. So this is Dooku's first episode with him and young Qui-Gon Jinn, voiced by Liam Neeson's son, which is cool. I I do think he sounds a little off, but maybe a younger version because also, you know, Qui-Gon is supposed to be like 50 when he dies, and this is supposed to be like (laughs) a, you know, 18, 19-year-old Qui-Gon, so you obviously can't get Liam Neeson to do it, although wonderful again seeing seeing Liam Neeson and Ian McDiarmid in episode 5 yeah. or episode 4 was fantastic that was great it just broke my heart i was like i wish they were could do these scenes with Christopher yeah. Lee you know what i mean like i it just it just be so cool because you know i don't think I, yeah Liam never got to actually work with Christopher Lee on those movies so it's like i always like to know like, does Liam Neeson know that, you know, oh, in Star Wars, you know, Ewan McGregor was my Padawan, but, you know, Christopher mm-hmm. Lee was my guy. You know, like, does he know that? Like, that's so cool. I love I love Dooku yeah. and Qui-Gon's relationship. But anyways, speaking of Dooku and Qui-Gon's relationship, Senator doing real bad things to his people, starving them and everything. Yeah. Dooku's not having it. He is not having it one bit. And then Qui-Gon has to step in and be the level-headed of the two, but... What were kind of your thoughts on episode yeah, that two? Yeah, was Justice. really interesting. I liked that idea of them going to kind of save this child of the senator who apparently didn't know they were going. And it was mm-hmm. more kind of seems like it was more an idea just to see how this, why why it happened almost. And when they and when Dooku sees that, he yeah. gets it. And then you see kind of his 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 
mind work and how it's like, you know, we're being told to rescue this this boy and check up on him and everything. But like, th- mm-hmm. there's a reason that he was kidnapped. You know, what other choice? I think I forget if he says it or somebody else. I think the the kid actually yeah. says it. He says, "What other choice do they have?" Yeah. Um, to what get other the choice do they have? And I think that that's, was great. That's yeah. that's a really good idea and something that you see across these three episodes is Dooku like questioning the council and how the council just kind of blindly and they say he says it in the third episode of Dooku where he's like oh like how does the council just blindly serve the senate when you know they they should be asking questions they shouldn't be just doing what they're told there's some there's some line about law in there too that I thought was a really good line Oh, I don't know if it's the one you're talking about, but I love the when the senator says, you know, arrest these men, and he says, you know, you serve the the Senate, and he says, you know, I we don't the pe- serve the yeah. Senate. We when serve he said the people, the people too, I, immediately like I that. Know, I was like, damn, he was about to say that. I go, he's gonna say the people, <laughs> and that's what he said. But yeah. yeah, I thought it was a that was a fantastic like kind of intro, and something I I just hadn't really seen mm-hmm. before. Really, I feel like, and maybe it's in books, or maybe it wasn't a book that. I did listen to, and I just don't remember, but his kind of just seeing those little inklings of defiance of this, of the council and just seeing the questions he's asking, which mm-hmm. I think were really important questions. Yeah, 100%. I think then leading, mm-hmm. oh, I got, I'd say I really like this episode as well. Definitely, I think my probably my second favorite of the Dooku episodes, just his relationship and the interactions with him and Qui-Gon. And also, like you said, three episodes really show you know the downfall Mm -hmm. of dooku really beautifully and really really well especially when you consider that it does it in Mm -hmm. 28 minutes like it's it's pretty insane how limited screen time i think that's the one thing i could say for tales of the jedi is like how they conveyed this much dense story in really a full runtime of like Mm-hmm. less than 70 minutes almost basically just an hour for all six episodes i thought it was fantastic this one as well some of the things like you said you know we don't serve the senate we serve the people of this republic i thought it was fantastic seeing him you know force choke him because really this is the first steps of okay it's not just that the council isn't doing enough it's i need to do things my own way you know oh gosh, you know, like I'm going to tap into this darker power because this guy, you know, to serve the greater good right now, Mm. I'm going to kill this guy. But Qui-Gon is wise enough to know to serve the greater good right now, we need to have peace. We can't have a, we can't just kill this guy Mm. and be like, there, problem fixed. Because now you're going to have a power vacuum. The people are still going to suffer. There's going to be unknown leadership, you know, all this stuff. And then you have that great line where he says to him, you know, Qui-Gon, you're a wiser man than I am, Qui-Gon Jinn, which was fantastic. And then leading us into episode three, Choices, this is the one with him and Mace Windu, where just right off the bat, I loved this, probably number three for me in terms of the episodes, still absolutely love this episode. But I think the best line in this whole thing is definitely when he says, you know, Master Windu, you're, you're your devotion to the to the teachings of the council is both inspiring and like maddening. Yeah. I was like, that is like the perfect, like to sum up yeah. Mace Windu in a nutshell. Like yeah, that is like, the perfect it's, way it's, to do it. It's, um, it's like what, one of those what did you things think of this episode? Like, you know, I, I admire you that you are so you know 
you're so gung-ho for everything the council does you want to be a part of it you want to do what's best for the republic and everything you believe but at the end of the day yeah. it's okay to think for yourself once in a while and you don't seem to do that i thought that yeah. was great like you said i liked it but i could have done with the whole i could have done without the whole kind of senate getting killed like i don't know that that story didn't really like work for me i i i was really into the fact when they i agree got there and Tuku's like wait a minute if the shots came from here like where are the shots on the ship like how come there's no you know i did like yeah, that like um, but like getting there i was kind of like ah, you know whatever but yeah like you said that was i think one of my the best lines for me of that episode or maybe of this whole kind of arc um mm-hmm. and i feel like every episode had like one or two of those in that arc that was like oh yeah that's a really good point or you know that that makes a lot of sense but yeah i think out of the three for me this is probably like third out of those three episodes Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i i do i do like that we got to spend a little more time with the kind of well i say a little more time really any time with the mace and dooku relationship because we really only see them interact once in Mm -hmm attack of the clones and it's not a very long chat but you know i think it's interesting also to see just in general a younger mace windu i mean you know about 10 15 Mm -hmm. years younger than we've ever seen him here prior to being on the council which of course then this episode culminates in of the episode is called choices and direct result of these two characters choices Mm -hmm. dooku made a choice mace made a choice mace got promoted to the Jedi Council. Dooku did not. You know, and and you have that uh, another fantastic line and Corey Burton again as Dooku in this. Corey Burton and then also Ashley Eckstein. Fantastic seeing her back as Ahsoka. I'm sure it won't be the last time we hear her back as Ahsoka again. But Corey Burton as Count Dooku I thought was fantastic. But again, a great line from him when Mace is being kind of Mace Windu about it. But he is a genuinely good person that he says to Dooku, you know, I will, like, genuinely, I will put a good word in with the council mm-hmm. about you. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're a good Jedi. It's like what Kiari Mundi says in episode two. You know, Count Dooku, he's a political idealist, but he's still, you know, he, he might not be a Jedi anymore voluntarily, but he's still one of us. And then, you know, that great line from Dooku where he says, you know, I I appreciate it, Master Jedi. Like, he's already starting to say Master Jedi as if he's starting to separate more and more from the Council. And then by the time we're in episode, you know, by the time we're in Dooku's third episode, you know, he's no right. longer even with the Jedi. So I just really loved the way that they did Dooku's arc in this. But yeah, any anything else, anything uh, you might have missed? That you love. How'd you feel about Obi Wan and I Anakin? I thought that was a nice, quick scene that we got. We got a little banter back and forth, but that was mm-hmm. about it. One thing I will say real quick about the third Dooku episode: What movie is Yaddle? What what movie does she show up in? Is it okay? Uh, I, I, I could have sworn it was one of the later ones, and I was like, "Is this?" I was like, "Is she really gonna die?" Because I was like, "Isn't she in like two or three for like obviously like a split second? Like you see her like in the corner or whatever." Mm. But okay, if she's in episode one, then obviously this tracks. Yeah, she. Mm. Yeah, that they lined up pretty well because she's in the right, yeah. Jedi Council scene when Qui Gon tells mm. them about Maul and everything. But then she's not. Ne- she's not in the rest of the movie because. And now we know because right after that she got mm. into a fight with the Council and. 
yeah. stepped away from she removed herself from the Jedi Council. That is something I, I, I really <laughs> so did like about this episode sense. was the idea of blaming the council for Qui-Gon's death because they didn't take him seriously. Which is just so that's just yeah. so Jedi Council. It's so like you know, mm-hmm. just keep it quiet because you know, if we don't look at it, it's not there. You know what I mean? When clearly this evil and the Sith are yeah. growing like right under you. And it, it's again, something people always say. It's like, how do they not know? You know, like it's like staring you in the face. Like, and this is going to be them question. But did we know Dooku deleted that from the system? Did we know that already? We knew that it was somebody. Have, I mean, you could have inferred. We've okay. never seen it Got before, you. but yeah, we knew that it was somebody using right. Cypher. I, I was just really code. happy to see that because at the time of the third episode, right. Dooku's no longer. I, with I really like seeing so that because I was I couldn't. Um, you know, it didn't bring up any yeah. memories. I was like, oh yeah, I remember. You know, them talking about somebody doing that, but I was that was really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think if anything, maybe it was like in. I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. even remember. It's some Star Wars thing somewhere. I think it was like, well, Dooku would have been the only person with access at that time type of thing. But yeah, I thought that that was great. Again, I think that this show used those cold opens really well to the point where like the cold opens were sometimes mm-hmm. like three or four minutes into the episode. And I would be like, oh, my God, we're still like it would cut to black right. for the cold open. And then it would have the logo. But bef- in that cut to black before the logo came up, I literally yeah. was like, is it over? <laughs> yeah. Was that it? But because, like, I, uh, specifically in episode six, I want to say, and in this one, so much happens mm. in just the opening that I was like, that could have been its own episode as it is. Like, just Yoda and, I'm sorry, just Yaddle and Dooku talking to Qui-Gon and then walking away from each other and her her looking at him and realizing something's off and just being like, mm-hmm. you know, are you okay, Dooku? And mm-hmm. him just being like, I'm fine, you know? I thought that that was fantastic on its own. And then you get the whole rest of the episode as like a cherry on top. And it was just so well paced. I swear I'm going to watch these, at least the three Dooku ones, probably repeatedly. Like I'm definitely not going to be done watching these anytime soon. Last thing I want to touch on. And then because the chat has demanded it, we do have to do a reaction to the Christmas Mm -hmm. story two trailer. But before we do that to close out, how'd you feel about Sheev? Sheevy Pelts showing up in this. Ian McDermott. Same voice. Back uh, again. Have I, have I been betrayed? Um, yeah. Thought that was <laughs> I awesome. love that. Good to see. Absolutely. I agree 100%. But guys, let us know, what did you think of episodes one through six of Tales of the Jedi? Did you like the Dooku stuff more, the Ahsoka stuff more? Or did you just love it all and how it was kind of thematically intertwined throughout the show? Let us know that and more in the comments below. Thank you for watching this video on Tales of the Jedi. All right, so let us go ahead and close out today reacting to the Christmas Story. What is this movie called? A Christmas Story Christmas. Christmas Story Christmas. There you go. A Christmas Story Christmas. Let's go with the HBO Max one. No way. Did this trailer just come out today? I feel like I saw... I feel like I saw the reports that the trailer came out like five days ago. It was like a teaser trailer Oh, my God. I'm like losing all track of time. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Whew. Also, the season four teaser for Succession. Came- oh, also quickly, way sooner than I thought, Last of Us premieres January 15th. Up. Did you see that? Yeah, because I, I definitely it thought it was yeah, like March or up. May. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Interesting. I'm very interested with that. Maybe because they knew House of the Dragon mm. was such a hit, they need those numbers. 
I don't know. Maybe we'll get some deeper info on that. Let's see here. All right. Let me make sure this is actually there. Good. Good, good, good. Yes. Let me make sure I don't burst people's eardrums. All right. Should be all good. So, guys, today we are going to be doing a trailer reaction to the brand new trailer for A Christmas Story Christmas. All right. Let's dive right into this. Yeah, I can, I'm good. Is that William from Spider-Man no Far From Home? Oh, she's so old. Damn, his eyes are just like blue as the ocean. <laughs> so blue. I gotta be honest, I'm like immediately already nostalgic right now. Oh, wow. This looks great. Oh. Oh, I see. Oh, God. Oof. Oh, the purge. Oh. Christmas story Christmas. November 17th. First of all, well, wow. something I'll say I is really I'm not surprised that. it's an HBO Max original. It doesn't look like it's something that would be put out in theaters. Yeah. I thought it was good. I'm mm. I'm not. I've only seen this movie once. And I saw it last Christmas because Dan, Danielle really loves this movie, Christmas Story. So obviously we're mm. going to watch it. Interesting, it comes out in November. I think I'd rather have it come out a little bit closer to Christmas personally. But I'm sure, you know, people will watch it during that time. Because I think, I don't know, maybe that's just me. Like like the Santa Clauses series that's coming out on Disney+, Plus, which I think we're both kind of maybe excited for. I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I kind of am. But I would. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, I didn't trailer watch the trailer. Me. But I do. I like, I wish that was coming out closer to Christmas. I don't want to come out in November. Like, that's not Christmas mm -hmm. to me. Um, yeah. It seems to be that this is the streaming model right. of, because like we saw it with Hocus Pocus yeah. came out September 30th. It's like you release it in advance so people can watch mm -hmm. it. I think that's really what it is, is they want people to watch it when it comes out yeah. and then again on the holiday. Yeah. They want well, to get the double what, dip. I didn't double dip on Hocus Pocus. Which I get. But <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I haven't even yeah. singled. I haven't even dipped in yet. I haven't even dipped a toe in the shallow end. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But I will say I can almost yes. guarantee I am going to watch this. I, I really didn't mm -hmm. feel like I was going to. That trailer really got me with the nostalgia. Something about Peter Billingsley just with those eyes, you know. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I'm not Tony Stark. Great character in the MCU. Got to have him back soon. But I'm excited that he is doing more mm -hmm. stuff in front of the camera as well. You know, he's worked pretty consistently in Hollywood as a writer and director and everything. So it just looks like it's fun. Just looks like it's fun. But let me know. What do you guys think? Are you going to check out the trailer for A Christmas Story Christmas? Let us know in the comments below. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Thanks for joining us for that trailer reaction. All right. Well, you said it. You did it to yourself. I haven't watched the new All one right. yet either. We're going to do the Santa Claus's trailer right now. All right. Because I did hear. Mm -hmm. We knew Bernard was showing up. But I did hear that a certain older Charles. 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 Which one to see again? Might be showing up. Oh, okay. Charlie. Gotcha, gotcha. Charlie. Yeah. All right. All right, let's do a little bit of live improv here. TJ, do you want to do the reaction sure. to the Santa Clauses? All go right. for it. Hang on. Oh, actually, hang on. Now go for Hello, it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the PFN Network. Today, we're going to be reacting to the Santa Clauses official trailer from Disney Plus coming out in November. Sean, play the trailer. Grace, dad. Okay, got All right. it. Who is this? This is random family. <laughs> oh, Kale Penn. Oh, what the hell? Oh, is Kale Penn going to be the new Santa? Oh, was that him? I didn't even realize that was him. Oh, jeez. What? Oh. What do you mean? Dude, your wall just opened up. Oh. Oh. Oh, shit. Scott. Hey. Charlie. That guy have an Oculus on? That elf? I think so. Is that Buddy? Is that grown-up Buddy? Was that Buffalo? Tim Allen looks pretty good. 
you know? Yeah, that's crazy. New Santa. Who is the new Santa? Who is the new Santa? They brought the action figure back. Don't tell me. Is it? This trailer is so much better than the last one, by the way. Oh, I don't know about the song. This song does suck. Get Rain back in. <laughs> oh, that was Bernard. Oh, 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 there he is. Wait, Bernard. Whoa. Oh, my Toy God. Soldier. Toy Soldier's <laughs> back. I can't believe if they literally have, if they literally have the toy Santa Claus, I can't even believe that we were just joking about that. And then he was there. If they have that oh, yeah. toy Tim Allen back, that they, is that would be, literally it's be the be best like, decision they could have made. It's got to be the movie. same as the second movie, too. They can't up update it. It's got to be the same. <laughs> yeah, no. If they do that, it's got to be the same. Yeah. Not. It's just the same puppet. Not even a, a, a new version, yeah. just the one from 20 years ago. Pull it out of storage and use it. Uh, as if that thing wasn't melted right, down exactly. the instant they stopped filming. I will say off the bat, did they not imply in both trailers that the that a woman is the new Santa? I don't know. Did that? I didn't get that. Did you get that? I didn't get that. But what I will say is I, I do wish Judge Reinhold was in this as well. As, oh, can you hear me? You good? Okay, Judge Reinhold, yeah. Wendy Grusin, is she in this? I don't think she's in this either. No, not in this. And I always forget his name. The other elf that everybody loves. Oh, I always uh, forget his name. Yeah. Danielle's probably going to be like, no, it's, what the hell's um, his name? What brunette I don't know woman? who the brunette woman is. But this know. is missing I'm some some key characters that I do wish would have come back, but unfortunately didn't. But I'll be honest, I was pretty, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to this from that trailer. What about you? Spencer Breslin. Yeah, I'm just Duh. trying to okay. find this woman real quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, this lady? Oh, is that who's going to be the new Santa? Interesting. I, f- I found that. All right, yeah. No, yeah. I definitely, Spencer Breslin's character. Oh, my God, this is going to kill me. Not Bernard. Don't mean to tell you? That's going to kill me. I can't, I can't pull it right now. Yeah. Fuck. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Anyways, <laughs> I think absolutely this trailer was definitely mm-hmm. better than the last trailer. I really enjoyed it. Like this re- I'm really happy I watched this cuz I was I was really looking forward to this series. We reviewed the third Santa Claus movie for Christmas last year. I think maybe we're going to have to do mm-hmm. either a deep dive on this show or or review maybe maybe we'll do Santa Claus 2 this year. We'll review them in reverse order every Christmas. Yeah, I think that's what we'll do. We'll review Santa Claus 2 this year. Sounds good. But in terms of the trailer, I really loved it. Hopefully I can salvage this trailer reaction in the edit because I really (laughs) just lost my train of thought looking for that brunette woman. But I do think that makes sense now. I think maybe it is. Maybe it is a a bad choice to be Santa. Or maybe there's something Mm, a little more... Maybe uh, Jack Frost had his old tricks again. Uh, (laughs) I was... I was... Maybe she like. She I was does, literally she just gonna say, "What goes, are the chances gotcha. we get Martin Short?" She goes, "She goes, you almost wish like you'd never been Santa at all." Okay, uh, real quick, last question. Over under, what are the chances zero. we get under, Martin Short? Under, in this? under zero. There's no, no. I no. He's not in it. No. Under zero, really? I'll tell you who you will get. You will get Peyton Manning playing Peyton. I'm gonna put it. Apparently, I. Don't know what I did that see means, that. Yeah, I did see. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that was in the first trailer. Yeah. Yep. I think. I think it's. I'll put it at a ten percent no. chance. I, I think there's think a chance so. he could just pop in, because he didn't. He did not like yeah. disappear. 
He's right. still Jack Frost. Yes. He's just oh, melted. Oh, right, right, right. I had in my head he was trapped. So in he's the still snow out there. Right. He's he, still he out there. Melted. Yeah. Where's we need what's yeah, her, he's what's still, the, he's what, still, what's he's the girl's name? The redhead. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. Uncle name? Scott. She needs Scott. Oh God, I haven't seen these movies in so long. Oh. All right. We What is her name? <laughs> we got it. <laughs> I don't know. Alright, guys. Let us know what you think about the Santa Claus's trailer. And we will catch you in the next video, in the next PFN Live. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This really went off the rails at the end. I have been one of your hosts, Sean Monk. Go ahead and follow us at the official PFN on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you for watching. Let us know what you thought about any of the topics in the comments below. What you thought about Tales of the Jedi, any of the news topics. Abdul Mateen, he casts Wonder Man, and we will see you next time. Lucy. Her name was Lucy. Boom. <laughs>